the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So let's sing of that freedom we have today.
praise if you believe that today. We are the children of God. We come to worship our Father in heaven. All glory to your name. You're seated on the highest throne, and you're seated on the thrones of our hearts. We bless your name today. Let's put our hands together, church, just like this.
bless you once again as Lord over all, as King over all, over all creation, over every nation. throne in the heavens the angels are surrounding singing holy 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 all the elders bow down cast their crowns you know church if we're not careful there's a word that we'll lose in the language of the church is the word reverence reverence can we approach the throne yes with boldness today but also with reverence with holy fear with holy awe with holy wonder at how great, how magnificent, how infinite He is. Let's sing this together, every voice, for the Lord. chorus one more time one more time for the Lord for the Lord is let me hear you he is sing it over every circumstance oh he's higher the mountains that I face every season I will press on for God now begin to lift up worship in this place Oh 
darkness we were in, without hope and without light, till from heaven you came round, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt.
Come on, let's give praise to the Lord here in this house. Jesus Christ is worthy. We give praise to God. Man, it is so good to be with you here worshiping Jesus. And uh, isn't it good to have Micah Massey in the house today? If you don't know Micah, Micah led here uh, at North for a bunch of years, but now he's the worship pastor at our downtown congregation. But it's good to have you here, Micah. We're so glad that you're here today. And we are here to do what we just sang. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit three in one. That's what Sunday's about. It's about gathering with God's people to say that when we praise, what we're doing is we're going to speak and sing the things we know to be true about God. See, it's not just enough that it's true, though it is true. We have to do something about it as the people of God. And that's what praise is. We're going to choose. We're going to, we're going to say it. We're going to sing it. But here's the thing. Worship, worship doesn't happen by default. What I mean is you, you can come in the room and you can miss your opportunity to engage in the presence of God. It doesn't just happen naturally. And, and uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm not always ready when I walk in the room. There are Sundays where I walk in and I'm either burdened by something that happened the previous week, something that's still going on, or, or maybe it's just looking on the horizon, what's ahead, and, and my heart is, is kind of spinning. And if that's you today, I, I know exactly what that's like. There are days I walk in and I'm not ready, but check out what David says in Psalm 103, where he says this, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here's what's so awesome about that Psalm. David is talking to his soul. David's talking to himself. He's telling himself, to praise the Lord. And what that's showing us is that part of worship involves self-leadership. See, I'm so thankful for our worship leaders, our worship team, they show up early, they, they do everything they can to lead us into the presence of God, but, but there's a part that is on us as the worshipers of God. We have to, some, at some point we have to say, I will choose it. I will say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And so whatever you walk in with, you have a choice today and that is to bless the Lord. And I get it, like I said, sometimes I'm ready for it, sometimes I'm not. But let us be a people that lead our own souls into worship. That I will command my soul, I will say, everything else going on, spinning in my heart, I will choose it. I will say, praise the Lord, my soul, speaking to myself, my soul. That is what we're here to do. That's what we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep singing. We're going to open God's word all to ascribe worth to him. But also now we turn our attention to giving. And there are many ways to give. You can give online. That's my method of choice. Personally, online. You can also give through the mobile app. You can give through mail. I, I'm not sure what that one is, but I, I've been told it involves stamps or something like that. It's up to you if you want to use that one. And then also for on, all the analogs in the room, we also have boxes in the room if you would just want to drop something in the box. But we do all this, why? Because we will command our souls to speak blessing of the true God, the one and true God. Let's pray together. Father, you have been so good to us. Everything good in our lives, if we trace it back, it ends up in your presence. It comes from you. And so, Lord, we will command our souls to speak and to sing what we know to be true about you and what we see you doing in our lives and all around us. You alone deserve the glory, God that everything that happens in this place, every hand that is raised, every song that is sung, every instrument pray, played, we do it all for you, Jesus. 
you are king. You are the one that we praise. And so we stay here in your presence knowing this is where we belong and this is where we want to stay, God. Let your presence not depart from us, but fill this place with your glory. Fill this place, God, with your presence. We worship you, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's keep worshiping. God's word together. Why don't you turn to someone next to you, shake their hand, introduce yourself. Welcome this morning. We'll open up God's word. Good morning, New Life North. I'm Christina. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're joining us from Facebook or YouTube, let us know where you're tuning in from because we would love to say hi. It's time to lean in, grab your Bible, a pen, and a notebook, and get ready for a powerful message. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing good. I don't want you to go quiet on me now, right? I want you to, I need you to bark back at me every once in a while. Let me know if I'm stepping on your toes or whatever, right? So good to have you. Hey, I want to honor somebody in the room today. I know this is going to embarrass him, but I just thought, I, I met him last week and I was so impressed. And then I, I have to admit, I went back and uh, spied on him over the week and read his story. I, I was stalking and there's a man in our church that just uh, did something that made history, really. He is the first uh, Army reservist to be named three-star general. And A.C. Roper, can I just say, wave a hand at us. I'm so proud of you. He is, uh, that's a big deal. 
I was, uh, I was so moved by your story. I know I'm embarrassing you, and I probably, he'll never come up and talk to me ever again. And, uh, but I was just moved by your story. Was a police chief in Birmingham, Alabama for a decade, stayed in the Army Reserves, has served in the Army for 40 years, and just named a three-star Lieutenant General. Sits over there. What I love about it is he sits there quietly and humbly. You never know who's sitting around you. But I appreciated his humility, his leadership in our, in our nation. Uh, first of all, thank you for the way you have served our nation so beautifully the last 40 years. It's men like him that give me hope and give me uh, really just an excitement about what God can do in our nation. God has men and women stationed in strategic places all over our nation uh, for the awakening that's coming. Do you believe that? Amen? Well, I believe it. If you believe it or not, I believe it. So. My pleasure to meet you and your beautiful family. Your daughter's about to finish up her doctoral, uh, about to defend her doctoral thesis. And his wife is an author. So other than that, they haven't accomplished much. But I'm praying for them that they, that they keep going forward. So anyway, I just love getting to meet all of you. I mean, I get to meet new people every Sunday and it's just a joy to see who the Lord is bringing into our church and how God has, God is the one who builds the church, right? God is the one that brings us together. We don't, we're not a crowd, we're a congregation. And I love that about the local church. I wanna remind you, I said this last week, some of you may not have been here. I want you to put on your calendar Sunday, December the 3rd. We're going to have a special offering on that day where by God's grace, we are going to finish paying off the debt of New Life North. We have two, about $2.2 million left uh, this, this Sunday, by the way, is the 16th anniversary of me becoming your senior pastor. And I was just thinking this morning, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. Those are, some of those years were dog years. So actually, I, I feel like I've been your pastor for about 30 years. Now, some of those years felt like five years. But um, anyway, it feels good now. But when I came here, we had $26 million of debt and nobody knew about it. And I had to tell the church, hey, we're actually in a lot of debt. And I remember the audible gasp that went through the church <laughs> when I told them, no, we're not debt free. We're $26 million in debt. And it, it was a shock and a surprise. And by God's grace, in the last 16 years, we've paid off $24 million of debt and we're gonna finish it this year. And uh, this past week, we looked at two different buildings downtown as a permanent location for our downtown congregation. One is very, very promising, and so we're gonna have to spend some money for our other congregations. Think about it like this. Uh, Pam and I are now empty nesters. We have two adult children, and one of the great joys that Pam and I uh, really experienced as parents is that we were able, by God's grace, to save up some money. We helped them get through college. We helped them buy their first car. We helped them get into a house, so they own a, a house together. Uh, and we helped them, you know, helped them like that. And we weren't able to pay for all of it, but we were able to help them get launched. And this is the way I feel about us here at North. We are a 39-year-old congregation up here at New Life North. We are the moms and dads of the eight congregations that are sp spread all over the city. We're mom and dad. And these other congregations in the last 12 or 13 years have gone out by faith to help reach our city. Our city has grown, our city is expanding, and we can't bring the whole city into one building. We have to have multiple congregations meeting in multiple places around town in order to reach the city. Well, I believe as the largest congregation, as the most experienced congregation, we're mom and dad. 
So mom and dad need to be debt free so that mom and dad can help these other congregations reach people for Jesus all over El Paso County. And so I'm just asking you on Sunday, December 3rd, here's all I'm asking, pray and pray together if you're married, or if, uh, pray together and whoever has the highest number, that's the Lord. That's God, that's, that's the way it works at my house. And let me just say, this is, not, this is no exaggeration. This is, Pam and I are so innocent about this. We'll pray together and we'll say, okay, what do you think? And Pam always has a higher number than me. And we always, and that's what I said, the Lord sounds a lot like Pam to me. I mean, for like 34 years, I, I can't tell the difference between Pam's voice and God's voice because they, they're just pretty much the same. So. Anyway, will you do that Sunday, December the 3rd? All right, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 8. And while you're turning there, I'm careful how I say this because you know me. I've never once stood in this pulpit and I've never been critical of another congregation in our church. You know I would never, ever, ever do that. But I was so, I was so burdened this week. One of the buildings that we were looking at is a, a longtime congregation here in town and they're just not able any longer to maintain the building. They're going out of business. They're, they're bu- the church is shutting down. And they've been in the city a long, long time. And these two older men, both probably in their 70s, probably almost 80 years old, were showing me around the building. And at the end of the tour of the building, I said, what happened here? And they said, about 10 years ago, they allowed uh, unbiblical doctrine to come into the church. And through their pastors and through their leaders, and they went from 200 people to less than 40, and their churches will no longer exist in the next few weeks or months if a miracle doesn't happen. Now, why am I telling you that? I was, when I got into my vehicle and drove away from that, I was so sobered and reminded of how important it is for me to stand in front of you and to preach sound doctrine. And I don't come up here with any biases. I'm not angry, I'm not afraid. I, I don't have any political biases that are, that are slanting my material toward you. I don't have any of that in my heart. I, I, actually, I, I can honestly stand here and tell you that for 16 years, to the best of my ability, now I'm human, I'm fragile, I sin, I have to repent. I'm just like you in that regard. But to the best of my ability, I stand here with pure motives and a pure desire to teach you the Bible. That's really the only motivation I have this morning is to make sure that we walk out of here not talking about Pastor Brady or Pastor Daniel or Pastor Eddie or the song we sang. I want you walking out of this room today motivated, challenged, encouraged, and, and talking about the one who came to save us all. His name is Jesus. That's what I want you talking about when you walk out of here this morning. And as long as that you are committed to that, and as long as I am committed to that, as long as collectively we are committed to Scripture, the, the, the power of Scriptures, the presence of the Holy Spirit, worshiping the resurrected Christ and no one else, this church will always thrive, and this church will always be a place of His presence. I can guarantee that. Absolute, 100% guarantee that New Life Church will prosper and thrive as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen? So with that in mind, turn with to 1 Kings chapter 8. And the title of the message today is, The Glory of the Lord Fills the House. The Glory of the Lord. Now what we're about to read is one of the most epic, historical moments, in my opinion, in the history of Israel. 
And they've had quite a few historical moments up to this point, right? They, they, were, they were delivered out of Egypt. They, they have now gone into the promised land. They've seen miracle after miracle. They saw a cloud by day, a fire by night. They had manna on the ground and quail on the ground for, for food. Everywhere they've gone, they have seen walls come tumbling down. They've seen their enemies be vanquished. They've now established themselves firmly in the land of Israel. David could not build a temple because of the blood that was on his hands, but his son Solomon, in honor of God and his father, has been given the task of building the temple. And the temple has now been built. Beautiful temple. Some people believe it might be the most expensive building ever built in the history of hum in human history. And so they're in this building now. And something happens, an incarnational moment is about to happen in the history of Israel. And that word, don't get tripped up by the word incarnational. It simply means God coming to us, God drawing near to us. That, by the way, if someone were to ask me what the story of the Bible is, the story of the Bible is God coming near to us because he wants his family back. That's the Bible in one sentence. The Bible is a story of God coming near to the broken human race because he wants his family back. That's it. So we're going to see this now in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 4. He says, and they brought up the ark of the Lord. Now, the ark is, this, uh, is what Indiana Jones has been looking at for, for like 12 movies now, right? It's the ark. <laughs> they brought up the ark of the Lord, and it's basically a big box with uh, wings and cherubim wings over it. And inside is uh, the, uh, the, the tablets of the Ten Commandments and some manna and stuff like that. So they brought the ark of the Lord the ta to the tabernacle of meeting and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. It says the priest and the Levites, which these are the pastors, the leaders, the spiritual leaders, brought them up. <clears throat> and it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place, so there's the outer courts, the inner courts, and the most holy place where they would have put the ark. It says that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Now remember, what was it that led the people of Israel through the desert for 40 years? A cloud by day, a fire by night. <clears throat> so they would have understood that when this physical cloud came into the physical space, that it was God coming near to them. And it came to pass that they came out of the holy place that the cloud came so that the priest, listen to this, the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, more than anything in my life and more than anything in this church, and more than anything else in our nation today, we need the presence of the Lord. And we give you permission to come, Holy Spirit. May the glory of the Lord always fill our house. May it fill us from the inside out. Our mind, our heart, our emotions, our thoughts. Lord, I pray all of it will be saturated with your presence. And we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you believe any of that, would you say amen with me? Amen. amen. This is, there are times when a priest is not enough. There's times when the place is not enough. And all that's needed is the presence of the Lord. 
And I'm grateful for pastors and I'm grateful for buildings, but a, a priest in a place is not enough. All of us have to come into this room ready and hungry, desiring the presence of the Lord to fill the place. And when you leave here today, my hope and my desire is that you begin to have an insatiable appetite for God's presence. I want you to have an appetite for his presence on Monday morning when you're packing lunch bags and filling up minivans with littles and going to school. I want the presence of the Lord to fill minivans. I want the presence of the Lord to fill office cubicles. I want the presence of the Lord to fill high school classrooms. I want the presence of the Lord to follow you on your truck when you're doing your job. Wherever you are, listen, God wants to dwell with his people. That's his desire. Listen, this should be such good news. For those of you wrestling with uh, anxiety, maybe you're wrestling with fear or, or trepidation of some kind, when I find myself in those tense, fearful moments, and they do come from time to time, where I feel the stress of the moment, I feel the heaviness of something I've just read, I feel the heaviness when I watch those fires go through Maui. I feel the heaviness when I see war breaking out or when I see corruption in our government or whatever it is that makes you feel heavy and alarmed. That's when I stop and I pause and I say, Father in heaven, I will not be overwhelmed by the darkness of the world. Would you come now with your presence and help me walk through what we're seeing in front of us? Listen, it is the presence of the Lord that has led me now for over 35 years of following him. The reason I can be your pastor for 16 years is because I have a habit, I have a hunger for the presence of the Lord in my life. Every day when I wake up, I pray, come Holy Spirit, not because I think the Holy Spirit's run off and left me in the middle of the night. It's to remind me that day before I put my feet on the ground that I need his presence. And this moment that we just read, this is an incarnational moment God leaving heaven to dwell with his people is a type and shadow of what would happen when Jesus came on a, on a night in Bethlehem to a scared teenage girl. It was a type and shadow of God saying, listen, I'm coming. Nation of Israel, I'm coming. Nation of Israel, I've not given up on you. Nation of Israel, I've made a promise to you. I'm in covenant with you. And my presence comes to an imperfect people. Listen, here's the good news for all of us in the room today. He comes into messy houses. He comes into messy lives. You don't have to clean up and straighten up for God to show up. He wants to come. He wants to be with us. And God is, has a habit of leaving heaven and dwelling with his people. And I want you to notice here that the ark has entered the tabernacle and God shows up to bless it. That ark was important because it was a sign of God's presence. They had carried that ark. They had established that ark. They had put that ark in a tent. David had brought that ark close to Jerusalem. Remember the story of David dancing before the ark of the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. It symbolized worship to these people. And then he would come later as Jesus. And finally, we would become his temples. I want you to see the progression in the Bible. The Bible starts out with him walking in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve. Our sins separated us from his presence. And then from that moment on until Jesus arrives, it was God chasing us down like the hound of heaven, pursuing us, chasing us down until we are found. 
While we were yet lost, he came looking for us. The Bible is the story of God looking for the lost, and I'm grateful he found me. Can you say amen if you're grateful that he found you when you weren't looking for him? So why do we need the presence? Why is it? I want you to show you in Psalm 42, I'm gonna show you two different uh, verses in Psalm 42. Here are the first two verses, Psalm 42. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Listen to this. My soul thirst for God, for the living God. When, the psalmist says, when can I go and meet with God? Now this word, pant, is only found a couple of times in the Bible. But he's talking about a deer bending and going to a physical effort to find the water, to find the presence of God. Pastor Eddie said it so beautifully a moment ago, he said it better than I'm saying it now, that we have to make up our mind to find God. He has already found us. Listen, God cannot come any closer to you than he is right now. Have you ever thought about that? God, God can't come any closer to you than he is right now. He came to the earth, took on human identity, was crucified, buried, and resurrected, and he sent his spirit to seal us into a relationship with him. He is, he's all around you right now. He's above you and below you. He's in front of you and behind you. You're in the palm of his hand, and no power of hell and no scheme of man can take you from the palm of his hand. I, got, I can imagine God up in heaven going, I'm right here. I'm right here. Why are, why are you so downcast? Hey, listen, we're all hungry for something to satisfy our deepest longings. This is what's happening in our culture right now. We have an, an entire generation of young men and women who are looking for purpose and identity right now. The, 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 the epidemic that's happening in our culture is the pandemic of loneliness. They have been separated from purpose. They've been separated from their identity. And we're all hungry for something. And, and Jesus said this about us. He's, Jesus said on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, now always pay attention when Jesus yells. Because oftentimes Jesus, there was very few times in the Bible where Jesus raised his voice. Do you know that? Very few times in the scriptures does it say that Jesus raises his voice. He does here. He said it in a loud voice. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He says, why? why? Because I am the water that will give you life. I am the water that never, I am the well that never runs dry. I am the source that will never exhaust itself. Listen, there is an inexhaustible source for you, and it's the presence of God. It will not leave you. It will not run from you. It will not, it is for you. Listen, God's presence is, is right there in front of you. I, I think if, what I've always asked the Lord, is said, Father in heaven, would you take off our spiritual, awaken our spiritual eyes for five seconds and show us how near you are to us. If we could see his presence in front of us, you would never be afraid again. You would never be angry again. 
You would never, you, you, the depression and heaviness would lift off of us. Joy and hope would come back to us. Why? Because we realize God in heaven, the maker of the universe, the sculptor of Pike's Peak is right in front of us. His hand is around us. He is overshadowing us. He is here to bless you. He's not here to curse you. He's not here to shove you away. He is here to draw you near. Listen, why is that? Why is that true? Because we're not human beings going through a temporary spiritual experience. Do you know who you are? You're actually eternal spiritual beings that are designed to eternally worshiping a creator. That's who we are when you were knit together in the womb of your mother. You are not a cosmic accident. You're not a scientific experiment. You're not flesh, bone, blood. You're more than that. You are a powerful, creative image of God. You have the Imago Dei, the image of God imprinted on your life. You're an eternal, spiritual being that's designed to worship. Do you believe that this morning? Do you, do you, do you, understand, the, you understand the enormous thing that I'm saying to you today? I'm here to wake you up. I'm here to wake myself up. Come out of our slumber. Stop worshiping comfort. Stop worshiping wealth. Stop chasing power and start living in his presence. This is what the American church has to hear today. Stop chasing comfort. Stop chasing power. Stop chasing wealth and chase the one who created you. Chase the one you're gonna worship for all of eternity. Find him, know him, receive him today. And listen, well, this is what happens. Every day we have to get rid of the idols in our lives in order to worship. I, every day I have to fight idolatry every single day. And so do you. I fight the temptation to work. You know, all, all idolatry is, is worshiping something other than God. Putting a high importance on something other than the presence and the goodness of the Lord. And all of us fight this. We have millions of idols trying to get our attention. But what happens is when I worship, and I just did it a moment ago, I came in here and said, Father in heaven, college football season is here. <laughs> and if I'm not careful, I'm gonna give that way too much thought. It's good, and I like it, nothing wrong with college football, thank God. Thank God it's not listed in the sins, all right? But it's, it's entertainment. And if we're not careful, things like that can distract us. Can, can, and, and there's nothing wrong with you putting on your team's outfit and yelling and screaming on a Saturday or a Sunday. No, that's not a problem. In fact, I believe it gives God great joy when his children are having fun. So God's not a stuffy. God wants you to be joyful. God wants you to have fun. He loves it when you're together with a group of people yelling and screaming and crying at the end of the game when you lose. Or, he likes all of that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But worship is an act of submitting to God. As long as you're submitting to him, you then can do whatever you want. Now let me, tell you, let me explain that. I told that to my kids one time and they go, oh, that's a great deal, dad. <laughs> so I said to my two kids, when they, they were like 12 or 13 years old, I said, I got, I got good news for you. If you will submit your wanter to God, you can do whatever you want. 
But if your wanter is not submitted, if your motives are not submitted to God, you're gonna get in trouble. So just wake up every morning and say, Father in heaven, my life belongs to you. All of me, everything I have, all that I am belongs to you today. You know what will happen? God actually leads you in the paths of righteousness for his namesake then. He actually is a light for your path, a lamp for your feet at that point. He actually, there's an inexpressible joy that begins to overwhelm your daily life. Why? Because I'm walking alongside the one who created me. I'm walking alongside the one who loves me unconditionally, who forgives me, who has an abundance of grace for my life. How in the world can you not thrive in every part of your life if you are aware of how close the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God is to us? He's right here. Therefore, I will not fear. Therefore, I will not be afraid. Therefore, I am not going to shrink back and be destroyed. Therefore, I'm going to fix my eyes on what's in front of me and walk boldly toward what God's told me to walk toward. Why? Because he's right here with me. You see, worship is a declaration. I'm declaring something with my mouth, and you gotta say this out loud almost every day, multiple times a day. His ways really are better than ours. Jesus, your ways are better than my ways, your thoughts are greater than my thoughts, and I submit to them today. Your ways, your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions, I submit to it. So what happens, this is really what happens, it's an opportunity in that moment for us to be emptied and then beautifully refilled by him. So what is my, you know what my life looks like every single day? It's, it's a process every single day. This is. I'm gonna tell you how to be discipled, how to disciple yourself and your children. The, the people that love Jesus the most, who are following him with great obedience, are those who have gotten into a habit of emptying themselves and then being refilled. It's exhaling all your fears, your worries, your concerns, exhale it out, and then you breathe in by the power of your spirit, breathing in the spirit. We're worshiping the one true God. Who, and if, if that's true, there's only one God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity of the universe. When we're worshiping that one true God, we can be truthful then about the condition of our hearts. All right, I told you about Psalm 42, about the deer panting for the water. Okay, look at verse five in Psalm 42. If it's true that the presence of the Lord is with us, this is what I wanna teach you today. If it's true, I want you to start being more honest with God about what's going on with you. If God is near to us, let me ask you a question. These are all trick questions, right? Is God near to you? Is God good? Does God care about you? If all of that's true, if he's near and he's good and he cares about me, then you can ask these questions. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Now, I love this next phrase. This next phrase is actually prophetic. For I will yet praise him in spite of those feelings. I'm not going to wait till everything in my life is puppies and rabbits and unicorns before I praise him. I'm not gonna wait until everything is perfect. I'm going to praise it for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. See, this is, this is what Solomon and the people of Israel were about to see. 
And God comes near to his people. And he gives Israel a chance in this moment. This was a pivotal moment in the history. Now I just wanna tell you that 1 Kings is not going to get any better than what I just read. From this point on, it gets a bit dark. 1 Kings 8 is actually the brightest moment in the whole book, in my opinion. Chapter 9, 10, 11, 12, by 11, by 12, it goes sideways, which is a caution for all of us that we keep our eyes, our hearts pure, that we keep our longing for the right things, that we make sure that our appetites are pointed in the right direction. 1 Kings 8, go back to 1 Kings 8, it says, so it was when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer in supplication to the Lord, that he arose before the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. And then he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice. Remember it was Jesus with the loud voice, not Solomon with the loud voice. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people. I love that he, the first blessing that he realized was the blessing of rest. It is truly one of the first blessings you will discover when you begin to walk in the presence of the Lord. You'll sleep better at night. Your soul will be rested. Your mind will come to ease. He says, according to all that you promised, there is not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. Now may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments which he commanded our fathers. What a beautiful pastoral king prayer over his people. Solomon knew better. Solomon had been taught well. Solomon had watched his dad when David was a worshiper and a psalmist and a pure man, God blessed him. When David turned his heart away from God, he saw the calamities that sin brought into his home. And Solomon realized, I have a choice to make. We can depend on this God who's always been clear about his promises, this good God who has come near, or we can turn our hearts away from God and find the calamities of sin. Now, as you read ahead, Solomon, would be one of the last kings to pray regularly in the tabernacle. Now you think about this, this, this place that God asked them to build. The ark is in the most holy place. There's an open invitation to come into that place and experience God's presence. And yet Israel's demise began when people stopped praying and stopped obeying. And New Life Church, I wanna make a challenge before us today. I want to always be a church that loves his presence. And, and the, the way that we become that is that we gather together on a regular basis and we pray and we do whatever God asks us to do. So when I ask you about the offering on December 3rd, that's why I said that, the way I said it. All I'm asking us to do in every situation of your life Whatever decision comes your way this week, all I'm asking you to do is to stop, quiet your soul, welcome his presence, and pray. And whatever you hear the Lord tell you to do, as it lines up with these holy scriptures, go do it. 
and you're going to live the most remarkable life you've ever lived in your life. It's one of the most remarkable journeys you've, I've ever been on. It is the, by far the most remarkable journey because of the willingness to pray and the willingness to obey. The priority for all believers is to pray and intercede. And no other ministry can be birthed until prayer has been birthed. New Life Church, I want you to stand with this morning. Stand up with me this morning and, and just a moment. Those of you who serve at the communion table, would you come forward and be ready? But I, I'm through early this morning. You, you should say thank you. You're welcome. But I wanna have time this morning just to welcome his presence into our lives. Our worship team's gonna come up in just a moment. They're gonna lead us in a song. But before we ever sing a song, before any, any really any music starts, I don't mind a little music, but before we, I don't need prompting today. I just wanna welcome his presence. Could you just turn your hands toward the Lord as, imagine yourself being in that temple. And the most holy God has come before you. And the, the most holy God says, here I am. What is our response? The good news is the most holy God is right here with us, among us, with us, in front of us and behind us, above us and below us. My response is to turn my hands toward and say, come, come Holy Spirit. May your presence fill us. May the glory of the Lord fill this house. May the glory of the Lord come into every human temple in this room. I pray for every marriage to be restored and re strengthened. <clears throat> for every single person, every person walking in whatever stage of life they find themselves, I pray that they would know that you are near, that you are for them and not against them. And Lord, I pray over the people today, I pray that our hearts would always stay hungry and thirsty. As the deer pants for the water, I, soul my soul pants for you, O Lord. Yet I will worship you. Yet I will praise you. You are the Lord our God. And Jesus, thank you for coming near to us, for walking among us, talking to us, dying for us, being resurrected for us, ascending on our behalf, praying and interceding for us. Let's just keep our hearts pointed toward the Lord. In just a moment, the ushers are gonna give you instructions to come and take the tape, the cup and the bread, take that and go back to your seat. They're gonna lead us in a song. Would you just begin to worship this morning as you come to the table, would you come as a worshiper, go back to your seat as a worshiper this morning, inviting the presence of the Lord in every part of your life. Come to the table of the Lord.
So here we are in the presence of God. And I believe God has spoken that word over us today that in his presence is where we find rest. I believe there's people in this room, you need to not just hear that word, you need to receive that word and say that that's for me right now, today. You don't have to run off anywhere else. I'm exactly where I need to be in the presence of God find rest. I absolutely love passages like the one we studied today where we see the presence of God and, and see how the, the smoke, the cloud fills the temple. But you know, in the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews opening the book says this, that the Son, Jesus Christ, He is the radiance of God's glory. When glory showed up as smoke, it was a cloud that filled the temple. But when glory showed up as light, it was a person. It was Jesus Christ, the light of the world. My point being, God's glory is not hiding today. It's in plain sight. It's in your hands right now. The body of Jesus Christ that's broken for us, the blood of Jesus Christ that is shed for us. And so now we all together come to the table and we take of this bread and we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed he said this is my body which is broken for you and so now as we come to the table we remember what Jesus has done Jesus Christ the radiance of God's glory we do this in remembrance of him And after supper, he took the cup. 
He said, this is the blood of my new covenant. This is God saying, I see the chasm between you and me, and I'm going to do something about it. And he sheds his blood for us so we can be forgiven. And as often as we drink this, we now drink it in remembrance of him. We drink together. Come on, sing to Jesus, sing to him. presence of God just never gets old. It will never get old, gathering with God's people. That's why you say, like, I rejoice when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. That's why we rejoice, because <laughs> it's time in God's presence together. And it's been so good to spend this time as a church family. Hey, if you're new around here at New Life and you have any questions, we'd love to meet you at Guest Central, just out these middle doors in that corner. You can find someone who can answer any questions at all that you have, or we could pray with you. We would consider it a privilege to pray with you. And speaking of prayer, I want to invite our team to come forward, our altar team. They, they'll come forward here at the front of the stage. And if there's anything on your heart right now that you just, you want to ask someone, hey, would you pray for me about this? Uh, we would love to pray with you. And then finally, uh, just a couple announcements before we leave today. First, uh, for all the women in the room, this Wednesday night is a prophetic night for the New Life Women's Ministry. So make sure you're back here in the building. Uh, it's a night where you spend time in the presence of God, worshiping Him. But there's also a group of women who have the gift of prophetic ministry and they pray and they come every single prophetic night and they minister to the women of our church. And so uh, it's, it's for the purpose of building you up of adding courage. If you ever had that experience of like, man, I feel like I'm just running, I'm running out of steam here. Maybe, maybe Wednesday night's what you need to be at so that you can be encouraged, that you can be lifted up. Uh, it, all you have to do is just register to come for it just so that we know uh, that we have enough space for everyone who wants to come. If you want to register, you can do that in the lobby. 
And also we have section gatherings today for section one and 11. Today is your day, all right? So make sure you stick around after service. Go to those rooms, room 161 and the activity center so you can spend some time getting to know the people who sit by you at church. And that's when it really starts to feel like family. So I hope you can stay for those section gatherings. Um, as we head out today, would you just open your hands? I wanna pray a blessing over you. May you go today having experienced the glory of God. And may you now take that glory out of this room, into your home, into your workplace, into your school, into your family, into your friendships, into all your relationships. May they be filled with the glory of God. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen and amen. It's so good worshiping with you. We'll see you next week.